You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Paul McLaughlin is the managing partner and wine director at Oceana Restaurant, a New York City institution serving up the best seafood and oysters in the country. He was also the first American captain hired at the world-famous La Bernadette, and he has some stories to tell. Okay, we're sitting in the bunker of the private room at Oceana with my good friend Paul McLaughlin. He's the managing partner, wine director for Oceana. And you've probably heard me say many, many times, this is my favorite place in the city to go get oysters. Probably because they serve several thousand oysters a week, Paul. We sure do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's just, it's it's crazy, but it is my, my like favorite place. And then oddly enough, our past tend to continually cross. I had yep. the guy from Billion Oyster Project on and... Uh, which is an incredible uh, project to save our waters. And of course, Oceana. Save the oysters. Yeah, save the oysters. And Oceana was one of the first people contributing that he was coming up to and yeah. and uh, taking all your uh, oyster shells that yep. he's going to repurpose. So, uh, And today we're having breakfast. People, Oceana does have an amazing breakfast in Midtown. It's the place to go. Um, if you haven't been, uh, the comfort le- level here is off the chart. Big banquettes. Um, one of the reasons why it's my one of my favorite restaurants also, Paul, is like, it's not like you're sitting on top of people. You have big, comfortable booths. It's a beautiful yeah, space. You do. We did a great renovation, John, uh, just during COVID and snapping out of COVID. And um, it really turned out great. And yeah. the banquettes were one of the things we really wanted to yeah, install good. in the restaurant. And yeah. people love the privacy. Yeah. Um, they're all um, linked up with electric so you can charge your phone and your laptop and that sort of thing. So. It, it makes for a very comfortable environment. Yeah, it totally. And you're yeah. so close to the theater district. Like, this is the best place to eat, I think, if you're going to run over to the theater. No doubt. Um, you know, when we originally started in this location, John, back in 09, it was our dream to create sort of two restaurants in one, meaning the front room, the bar and cafe right. area was designed for people to come in for a quick bite, right. a half a dozen oysters, maybe a salad, a glass of wine, and run to see a show. Or if they wanted the the full on Oceana treatment, you know, then the dining room was was open to them. So that has actually treated us fairly yeah. well over the years. I have to tell you, multifunctional. You have a private room as well that seats twenty plus and is gorgeous. It's secluded. Yep, in the um, wine room, which is nice. And you have a beer garden. <laughs> and we have a beer what garden. What don't you do, Paul? You building yeah, rockets? Uh, <laughs> you know, when we moved, John, it's funny. Uh, back in '09, from basically a small multi-floored townhouse I remember yeah. with um, you know at best 40 45 seats on the ground floor and a little private room upstairs I remember coming here and investigating the space when it was still on the market with my partner Nick and we just stood here when it was all cleared out and we were like Good God. Holy <laughs> shit. How many square feet is it? It's a big place. It's a big place. Yeah. Uh, we're approximately 12,000 square feet on wow. the ground. Uh, lots of support space underneath, yeah. about another 5,000 square feet. So, uh, yeah, it goes on and on. For a while, when we first moved here, we were dropping breadcrumbs to yeah. find the wine room, yeah. to find the, 
well, spare utility room downstairs, you know, all these things. I'm only going to touch on this briefly because I can't yeah. stand talking about it. But you did this major renovation and then pretty much COVID hit. Yeah. And then we're talking to you and it was yeah. like, you talk about uh, moments of sadness. Well, <laughs> I mean, the city was true. empty and you have 12,000 <laughs> square feet. You're like fucking bad timing. Truth be told, yeah. we decided to do the reno right. prior to COVID. Right. Okay. So we signed our agreement wow. with our architect, New World <laughs> wow. Design, who yeah. are you know fabulous people. We signed that agreement in November and he wanted to do it sort of around the clock for, we were going to close in July of 2020. Right. And he was going to go full throttle around the clock to get this work done. And we were all on board. We were like, great. And uh, he came to us in like December and early January and was like, guys, uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm having a heck of a time procuring all sorts of right. different things yeah. for, you know, the dining room and basic items and uh, at first we thought, oh, is this guy BSing us a little bit? But <laughs> it turns out, you know, a month later. The supply chain The collapsed. supply chain collapsed. <laughs> yeah. And that was that. So yeah. the upside to it is he had plenty of time to do the renovation. <laughs> and did amazing as, job. As yeah. supplies came yeah. into the marketplace, yeah, yeah. he did, you know, that piece of work and and it, waited and it, completed it's, it. It's yeah. such, such a beautiful space. And Oceana now is an institution and has been... Tons of accolades, years. tons of accolades, Michelin stars, the stars from the times. Yeah. Uh, it's still uh, an incredible, incredible place. But now we got to get to, how did you get here? So did you have yeah. plans as a young man to hosp go into hospitality? No. Accidental? Like what, no. What was, the, I mean, what was the big dream at I, the time? I was the classic, you know, I was born and raised in Brooklyn in right. Park Slope. And uh, my, you know, lived with, lived with our grandparents, not an uncommon thing. And I remember, you know, being in the kitchen and kind of staring over my grandmother's shoulder just, in awe. She was actually a great cook. And uh, I, I was just in awe of that, but never really gave it, you know, any, any sort of thought as to, you know, is this going to be your career, obviously. But I, I think the restaurant business actually found me. I yeah. didn't find it. Uh, I wound up moving from Park Slope up to lower Westchester County and, and found my first restaurant job. And it was really there that I... Yeah. Uh, fell in love with the hospitality yeah. of the business and, you know, a, a continental restaurant, American, um, simple, easy, tasty food. But what I really loved about the restaurant, John, was on Friday and Saturday nights, they would have a band um, that played more music geared towards like our parents. Right. And all these folks of that age would come to the restaurant and dine on Friday and Saturday nights. And when they dance? And, and then dance. Wow. So yeah. I, re I remember just starting as a busser, yeah. uh, carrying trays of wet, hot yeah. glasses <laughs> above people's heads <laughs> right. to get to the bar. And the place was mobbed, and it yeah. was such a fantastic scene. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's so sad that kind of supper club environment has just yeah. uh, collapsed. I was hoping when the yeah. Rainbow Room initially reopened, they had sure. bands and they would, have, you know, on the beautiful parquet floor, that incredible view. Yeah. And uh, it, they did a couple of nights. I went on the opening night, Quest Love, and Gail and I went with my wife, and we had a great right. time. And I thought, that's just, you know, get dressed up. It feels great. And then they couldn't yeah. sustain it because of the unions, ah. uh, which, is a, which is a drag. But That, that is a drag. Yeah. So yeah. you go from uh, first restaurant job, and I do believe hospitality is in, in, blood, in the blood of a lot of people. Yes. Um, you could teach it. 
But I think people in general have a bullshit meter, whether somebody's just being robotic, yeah. you know, like server, yeah. and there's no real human connection. And people sure. like, you have a lot of energy. I've known you a long time. Uh, one of the first times I dealt with you was in the townhouse. <laughs> I go upstairs, there's the big fish over the bar. Oh, sure. And I was selling you wine, and somebody said, hey, just, you know, this, uh, this guy's tough. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And I remember I went up, I tasted, told a little short story about Burgundy. You knew a ton about wine. And you were like, Thanks. Okay, boom. I won't take that. I need this, this, this. No, 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 no. Slap me on my back. <laughs> By the way, always wear a t-shirt around Paulie. His hard. Slap me <laughs> on my back. Okay, I'll see you soon. That was it. It's so like in and out. And I'm like, I fucking like this guy. <laughs> you know, I've always tried. I I feel at times, John, I'm uh, I'm a better buyer than I am a sommelier. Yeah. So um, having uh, my career basically all all throughout Midtown Manhattan yeah. for the last you know f- almost forty years. Yeah. Um, I, I know the client and I know what they're after. Um, and you know, today it's a little bit harder to find that value, but it's still out there. Um, so I, you know, I just look to have a little bit of everything on the list and, you know, the value oriented, say white wines from Italy to, you know, more expensive burgundies. Um, yeah, you got it all. And we got it all. Yeah. Yeah, We have a great selection now. It's about six, 700 wines on the list and, Super happy and a fantastic bar crowd yeah. after work, which just now it's, continues it, it to grow and grow. And you know, my favorite spot sitting at the bar, I have my you know oysters and oh yeah, you know, whatever yeah, you're, you're Albarino or you're, you're an beer. Guy. I'm an oyster guy. Yeah, yeah I know you. Are. Um, so, so, but so you go from there. How do you? Yeah. So you eventually make your way to La Bernadette, which we have to talk about a little bit because yeah. you're the first American captain. Yeah. Well, uh, that story, in a nutshell, goes, I was taking a wine class at the Sommelier Society of America, Mm -hmm. and the director of the school, uh, I was early one day for class, and he called me into his office, and he was the one that told me about La Bernadette opening, and introduced me to uh, Maggie and Joubert Lacoste. At that point, the restaurant was not open, still in the final Mm -hmm. construction stages, just about sort of wrapping up. Right. The GM wasn't even hired at that point. Right. Uh, I met Maggie, which was how was that? She's like it, an icon, man. Like, it was. Uh, you gotta it, tell me how you got hired as the first American captain. Well, yeah, that was. Uh, you know, the Lacosas were very smart. They yeah. wanted a. They felt to sell the restaurant in New York, right. uh, which was a brand new market for them. Right. Uh, they wanted a mix of the French captain, the American captains. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. <laughs> little phone here. We're in a busy restaurant, folks. A little noise in the background ain't no big thing. Uh, sorry. Um, sorry about that. No, it's all right. Um, yeah, so I mean, but like, obviously she saw something in you, right? So tell me what you think that was. Um, eagerness to learn. Yeah, um, right. I felt fr- I felt from the get-go that I was going to see a client I've never seen before. Right. And uh, thrilled about that. And honestly, John, Le Bernardine was one of the most beautiful restaurants I had ever stepped into right. as a young man and thought, my gosh, it would be just terrific to land a job here. And, and Maggie promised me we're just about ready to hire our GM. When we do, we'll you know, pass along your resume and push came to shove. And I wound up getting the job. I did not start as a captain. I started as a front waiter. And uh, in about six months' time, all the captains were going to the general manager and the major D saying, please make him a captain. He's yeah. so ready. That's, oh, that's great. And uh, they gave me an opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, the rest is history. It was a fun time in my life. Um, 
Florence Fabricant from the Times did a great piece on me with Tim Zagat and oh, that's, that's you know awesome, people yeah. of that elk, yeah. and it was it was a thrill. And, um, and I mean, they opened three months and got four stars. That place was no joke. It was the right like, out of the gate food temple. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, you opened in the morning, John, and closed at night, and you were back the next day doing the same thing. And I, I was going to tell, tell people what the hours were like back then, because like, oh, I, I, I mean, our, I don't think you could even get away with working somebody like that today. No, you couldn't. Right. Um, I, I was. I'm a morning guy, so right. I had you know no problem being in nice and early. Took Metro North right into Grand Central right. and, a, and a short walk to the restaurant, but. Um, yeah, um, gosh, I would open at 9.30 in the morning and uh, set the dining room from scratch. There was never a thing left out on the tables, yeah. not a tablecloth, not a glass, nothing. And when Paul says set the dining room, I mean, every piece of silverware is put down with precision and it, polish. It and, really yeah. is. You know, you learn <laughs> yeah. where exactly to put yeah. the fork yeah, yeah, and yeah. exactly to put the knife and, yeah. the, and the bread and butter plate right. and so on. But, you know, I learned from uh, a great... Frenchman uh, at that time who uh, they lured away from Lutece. Uh, his name is Jean-Pierre Foucault. And Jean-Pierre was uh, just an outstanding guy and taught me a lot about the dining room and uh, broke me of some bad habits initially. Okay. Uh, never carrying flatware or glassware and, you know, sort of haphazardly. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I so funny... just, just pretend, Paul, that, yeah. you know, the dining room is packed. Would you carry something in that fashion? And mm -hmm. just... Broke the habit initially, yeah. and John, these these habits are still with me today. I yeah. can't, you know, so it's, it's, it's part of me. This is this is the problem I talk about with hospitality is that there's no mentoring. It's yes. rare, and you can go into great restaurants, and the service can sometimes be abysmal. And I just had a yeah. uh, somebody on a, a while ago who told me that she reprimanded a waiter in a very nice way, like you can't carry glassware through the dining room; you got to put it on a tray. Sure. Reported her to HR that she he was being bullied. Oh, geez. This is where we are today. But that's, back then, in the old it. days, like me. I, you know, I worked back then also. Like the, the captain or major D would had no problem pulling you aside. What the fuck are you doing? Oh, and <laughs> and, and read you the riot and act. And goodbye for the day. Yeah, exactly. You Take know. the day off. Right. right. Yeah. So there goes your so income you for the day. You would come in at nine thirty. Come in at nine thirty. Right. Work through lunch. Set the dining room. Work through lunch. Have a little break in the afternoon. Uh, come back. Family meal. Start dinner again at promptly at five. Um, a huge pre-theater crowd. Right. Uh, and then again at 7.30 and 8 o'clock, a huge crowd. And then, John, which I miss desperately, is the after-theater crowd. I mean, La Bernadette's door didn't stop at 10.30 and 11 o'clock at night. Just theater goers would come back and have right. dinner. And a full-on dinner, not, wow. not wow. snacks. So how many covers are they doing? Oh, gosh, back then, um, you know, not uncommon to do, you know, 200 lunch and then back it up again with, you know, 400 dinners, 450 yeah. dinners. That's that's insane. So oh. you so you getting home at what time? Oh, gosh. Coming at 930, you get home at? Often I would be taking the last train out of Grand Central. And often I would fall asleep <laughs> on the train and call my wife, honey, I'm in Valhalla. Yeah. Honey, I'm in North White Plains. Yeah. I got my wallet. That's good. I got my keys. Yeah. <laughs> So there were there were several of those nights, but um, that kind of work ethic is you know, get, hats off to Maggie. She she recognized that you had that kind of energy. You have that spirit. I've known you for a long time, and yeah, you do have yeah. this very high energy thing. Good for her for recognizing. But those hours, but you also pulling down some cash. That was back in the day. You were making some money. Oh gosh, we were making some dough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were making some dough. Uh, no question yeah. about it. And the nice part was it wasn't one or two nights a week. It was. 
consistently six nights a week and always closed on Sunday. And the best part for the first couple of years, John, probably a lot of people don't recall this, but Laverne and Edwin actually closed for several weeks in August. So we would wrap up the entire restaurant, which was a huge amount of work, um, everything out of the dining room, all the glassware and flatware away in, in the, in the storage rooms and, uh, closed for two, three weeks in August. Wow. And everyone would Paul's get their like, vacation. See you later. Yeah. We were all thrilled. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? Who were some of the people you worked with? Are, are any still in the uh, industry today? Oh, Was gosh. Aldo Salm there? Oh, no. This is all pre-Aldo. This is pre-Aldo. This is okay. pre-Aldo. Uh, we actually did not even have Psalms at that point. Wow. So uh, who did the all ca- the... The captains were responsible for selling wine and making oh, right suggestions. On. Yes. Uh, Psalms came later. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, I mean, because the, there was an era. I had uh, Michael Greenlee on, and he was yeah. a little bit from that era. That was the beginning of Psalms being rock stars. Sure, of Being course. interviewed by New York Magazine. Oh, no Talking doubt. about the favorite. And now you see it everywhere. But yeah, right. you're, back then it was right. The captains were. Captains yeah. were responsible. That's so that, great. That's so It was fun. also a time when you get a nice bottle of Burgundy for, you know, $40. Uh, <laughs> you, 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 you're going to make me cry. <laughs> you're going to make me cry. Bourgogne Blanc on wine list for $200. I'm like, oh, uh, <sighs> I know. Uh, off to Portugal, I, I guess. <laughs> but uh, so get, give us a great Liberta Den story. Oh, gosh. Uh, clearly one of my favorite Liberta Den stories. Um, I was waiting on. Um, Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward. Oh. They came in with friends of theirs, another couple. It was a four top and um, had a great experience. And then at the end, I could, you know, clearly focused on the table. I could see Joanne Woodward sort of nudging Paul to ask for the check. Um, and I looked down at him and he gives me the classic, you yeah. know, in the air, I'll take a check. Yeah. I said, sure. Look at it once, twice, three times, make sure it's perfect, put it down in front of him do a couple of tasks, I circle back, and I literally see Paul with, you know, I had a sports jacket on, sort of patting his chest for his wallet. And I just remember Joanne Woodward looking at him with like <laughs> daggers <laughs> in her eyes. Like, no, Paul, don't tell me. And uh, he was so embarrassed. Right. Um, at that point, I went over to the table and just sort of whispered in his ear, Mr. Newman, it's not a problem. Um, you know, you can just sign the check and, you know, Maggie will, Maggie and Jabert will send you a bill in the mail. Right. And uh, that's so cool. His friend <laughs> at the table, yeah. they, they were all laughing hysterically, John. It was really a fun moment. Uh, but uh, the other fellow wound up picking up the check. But, oh, man, Joanne Woodward was pissed. <laughs> I'm sure. I was just thinking, you know, that's back then you signed your American Express card. You'd make a copy of it for your for the archives, for you personally. Oh, sure. Oh, right? sure. Yeah. I, it was, I remember having house accounts at that point and, you know, at the course, end of the yeah. month, invoices would go out and you'd did, get checks in the mail. To, did you drink a Budweiser? <laughs> he's, he's a big beer drinker. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't yeah. recall him drinking beer. Light drinkers yeah. for sure. You know, maybe they had a bottle. But this is the place that everybody wanted to eat. So it was Kissinger, Barbara Walters, every rock star artist. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. I'm on Khashoggi. Uh, I waited on Mick Jagger once for a Saturday lunch, which was wow. super cool. And I do recall he asked me to make a recommendation from the list, and I uh, suggested to him a Chateau Reyes. Ooh, my and favorite Chateau Neuf de Pop. Smoked it. Yeah. Uh, he absolutely loved it. And Gilbert came out to say hello. And uh, I'll never forget, he just looked over at me and he pointed at me and he said, Your man here. <laughs> 
your man here recommended a fantastic bottle of wine. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah, that was a thrill, too. Yeah, it was was everybody. It was uh, Laverna then, in the initial days, made quite the splash and continued to. I mean... It's, God bless them. There didn't they just win restaurant best restaurant in the they keep winning country or something? They yeah. keep winning. Yeah, they're um, amazing. I mean, they're it, doing a great how job. How much has Eric's the space changed job. since you were there? Then since then, oh, they've Quite done. A bit? They've done. Yeah, several renovations. Yeah. Sean, I was back a couple of years ago and and had a nice meal. Um, but yeah, it's it's changed quite a bit, but yeah. still, uh, yeah. the artwork um, is spectacular and. Still a, a painting of the father at the bar, which I always love from and Brittany. And she's still and, connected to it, yeah? Oh, yeah. Maggie's, how, how old uh, is she? She's, oh, gosh. Maggie must be well into her 70s, I yeah. guess, at this point. Uh, but always took great care of herself and a lot of pride and wore the greatest Chanel suits. And, yeah, you know, she was, uh, she was, she is uh, yeah. quite the lady. Yeah, I mean, the place, I think, it originated in Paris. So, of course, that Paris couture would be part of the uh, <laughs> ensemble yeah. uh, when it comes yeah. to New York, yeah. uh, to New York City. So, so you were at there for you were there for a long time. I was, I was there for five hours. years. Right. I was there for five years. And Any other the, American captains? Uh, yes. Yeah. Later, after me, several more were were uh, were hired. Um, they didn't like to hire from the outside, John. Um, they like to bring you in as a front and you know see your skills and fine tune your skills. And then at you know some point, they uh, they allowed you to be a captain, uh, which I think is the way to go. You know, right. you're you're able to see the skills and sort of fine tune them. So. Um so then what happens? Does the Lovano's family find you because of uh, well, this I, obvious talent that you have? Yeah, coming I, off? I actually left La Bernadette with uh, Dominic Cerrone, who was the um, executive sous chef at the time, opened La Bernadette as well, and we were good pals. And he was opening up a Spanish restaurant, which intrigued me, called Solera, mm-hmm. which unfortunately is, is no longer around, but mm-hmm. had a great run. And uh, I adored Dominic, and he offered me the general manager's position and, uh-huh. and left. And we opened over on 53rd and 3rd. Uh, Dominic um, is just a brilliant guy, um, a super culinarian, and amazingly talented, right. and did some awesome, awesome Spanish food. Right. Um, learned quite a bit about Spanish food and wine, went to Spain. Uh, that was a thrill. And uh, yeah, at that point, point uh you know a year into it uh the lavanos uh signed a lease over for the old lucine on 54th street yeah i remember that uh, townhouse right off madison avenue yep and uh the lavanos at that point did not have any sort of connection to uh any sort of managerial talent in manhattan and nick had asked around a little bit for some advice of you know friends in the industry and my name popped up and uh, we sat and we spoke for a little bit and gave me a great opportunity to be back in the whole seafood thing, which was a thrill, too. Sure. Um, and the rest is history. Yeah. That goes no. back to nineteen, the late 1991. Yeah. And, and uh, now managing partner in the, the place is just exceptional yeah i mean we're we're very proud john we've been valentine's day will actually be our 32nd anniversary which is pretty amazing Uh, a lot of you know great chefs that have come through the restaurant in the years and uh yeah putting their own spin on things i was thinking um at the last meal i had the townhouse it was right after was rick moonen 
Rick Moonen was our chef for better than 10 years. And then there was a gentleman that came in. You got a great review from the New York Times. I was there the night the reviewer was there. Uh, it was my good friend, Peter Cassell. Yeah. And you came over and go, hey, yeah. I think uh, the we, Times is here. <laughs> we, we hired Cornelius Gallagher, yes. who was an amazing Ooh, talent. is an amazing yeah. talent. Yeah. He sure could, uh, having come from Danielle. And he was just absolutely super. And then later on, Bill Telepan, who, you know, Fantastic. another great New York City chef and a wonderful guy. And, you know, he spent a couple of years with us, too. So, yeah, very fortunate to have worked side by side with, right. you know, some great people. So, I mean, working in Midtown now, you guys are, you know, historic people know Oceana. Your relationships yeah. run deep. So sure. you're here still. Uh, you know, there's something great about somebody being at the door that you recognize. One of the reasons why I do love coming here. Um, I see you. There's just incredible warmth from Lisa, the bartender, to the, the staff at the front door, from the Lovanos, and their their story. It's the Lovanos oh. family story of like Gosh, it's like the yeah. Horatio Alger story of like you know coming here with nothing and yeah. building a literally the dad yeah. you know sort of jump ship in the right. early fifties and did everything possible to hustle in the industry and opened up uh, a diner and then a second diner and yeah. you know but started as a dishwasher and. Busted his hump and uh, invested in real estate and, and, and invested in his family. Yeah. And, uh, and all, all of that has paid dividends. And maybe really that's why you have exceptional hospitality here and why what they recognize in you. Because when places are still family run, like Maggie Lacoste at the door. Yes. Um, I feel the same thing when I go to uh, uh, one-fifth of Mark Forgione. The chef is there. He's oh, just sure. a wonderful guy. But th you don't get that in a lot of places. People think the restaurant business is easy. Um, it is theater, <laughs> but it's not easy. I wouldn't call it easy. It's not easy. I wouldn't call it um, easy. It's a lot of hard work. And um, and after COVID, I get a lot of people that say, "Ooh, boy, that's a tough industry." <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was tough yeah. before, actually. Yeah. yeah, has it gotten tougher? Sure. Yeah, but you know, it's uh, you can't fake it, John. No, you, you know, you, can't. you really can't. Um, hospitality is uh, in my genes, and you know, I try to. Uh, you know, be at the door as often as I possibly can to meet and greet and to show the staff that this is yeah. what needs to be done. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I still believe, John, there's nothing better than someone coming in the restaurant and you're, you know, you shout out their name. And yeah. I, you know, I, they're, th they're thrilled with that. Anybody know? who's listening to can totally relate to that. You go into a restaurant, whether it's the server. Right. They've waited on you three times, like, hey, how are you doing tonight? That kind of like right. thing, like, oh, it's nice to be recognized, like, Heck yeah. because uh, New York is an expensive place to eat and, and we can sure spend is. our money anywhere. That's it's right. nice when somebody recognizes, hey, thanks for coming in. Um, and I think there's no doubt. So, there's something uh, that the open table, fake insincerity bullshit, you know, when somebody goes, hey, yeah. table 37, this is the fifth time in, they drink white burgundy. You're like, right. I don't like that. And I could see that a mile away as just being insincere shit. Right. And I love when I go into places and, like, uh, I don't want anything for free. I just feel like, hey, right. hey, it's good to see you again. Or the but bartender, it, hey, well, what what's open going table on? does do, yeah. John, is it, you know, <laughs> it gives you the ability to, I, I can't tell you how many people I've brought to a table and they say, oh my gosh, we were here last year and we, Sat at the same table. Oh, <laughs> like well, that wasn't my memory, man. But <laughs> no, that's true. It's kind of like the Facebook you know, pop up. Hey, it's, and it's Paul's birthday, and they don't yeah. have to say anything. And right. you know, we yeah, have yeah. a notation that it's their yeah. birthday and that sort of yeah. thing. And you bring out a little surprise candle and yeah. a cake. And but you know. if you get that with some real hospitality on the side, you're uh, in, yeah. you're in the right place. That's you're all in the right place for sure. You know, um, yep. that's that's what agreed. I agreed. Um, 
Any uh, plans to expand, open another place? Or, oh gosh! I mean, Levana's always thinking of something. I know yeah, there are they a few are. Other, you know, they're they're uh, incarnations. Or, they're super real estate yeah. people and always have their eyes and ears open for mm. any sort of deals. Um, I, you know, I guess you know we reopened Molivos, which right. was great. Uh, we had been on Seventh Avenue and Fifty Fifth Street for a long time, yeah. twenty five years. Um, that lease expired, and then we found the space in Hell's Kitchen. 43rd, just west of 9th Avenue, the old Esca space. Oh, I love that space. Yeah, yeah, yeah really super. About yeah. 60 seats inside and another 60 right. out. Uh, so happy to, uh, you know, move into a little smaller headquarters. The original Molly was 250 seats. Talk about the heart of the theater district, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, so happy, happy to be there, yeah. honestly. And redid, you know, that restaurant top to bottom. Right. Um, and you know, thank goodness so far it's, uh, it's moving along pretty well. Other opportunities we'll see, yeah. I, you know, I think at one point, um, you know, some leases could be had and real estate pricing dropped a little bit, but from what I understand, things are sort of on the upswing again. Uh, so you need to be careful the deal you take. It, it feels it. Um, yeah. I have to say, you know, uh, you know, my friends who dine out in New York, um, if you're going to spend your money. Uh, you want to come someplace like this, uh, where people really genuinely Thanks. care, because it's so easy to go out and sp spend a lot of money and not get quality. You um, know, the I, seafood here, the service here, everything is on the money. Thanks. Uh, you know, I want to give a shout out to John, to uh, my two psalms, uh, Tim and Matt, who, okay. um, you know, are a great extension of uh, what I do at the restaurant, and uh, they're out there, sort of people pleasing every night, and. Uh, really doing a fantastic job and they they're not just pushing wines that you know yeah. perhaps need to be pushed but they're you know they're listening to the guest and they understand the budget yeah. and um you know not every wine on the wine list needs to be three hundred dollars there yeah. are some there's real value uh, on the list yeah there's yeah. some good values um you know during the um, the fall, um, November, December in particular, we decided to pluck out all the wines that were south of $100 on the list and just create one page of them and just simply call it Wines Under 100 bucks. I love it. And yeah. you know what? It made the choosing process for a lot of people running to see a show and that sort of thing just so much easier. Yeah. They kind of zeroed in on that. Yeah. And then with Assam's a recommendation, um, you know, people really enjoyed that yeah. sort of thing. So. Yeah. You know, That's, perhaps we look into a little bit more of that. That is so yeah. smart. Um, so, Paul, we're at the part of the show where God comes to you in a dream. <laughs> and he says, Paul, you know, you know, it's up in heaven. You know, St. Peter let some people slide in there. Maybe shouldn't be here. Got to teach them a little hospitality. <laughs> so we're going to bring you up, <laughs> take the rough edges off. Uh, uh, so we're going to give you the gift of knowing yeah. your last day you're on the planet. Ooh. So uh, what are you going to eat and what are you going to drink and what? Well, music you're going to listen to as you float off. Yeah, this this might this might come as a surprise. Being a seafood guy my whole life, 32 years at Oceana and five at La Bernadette. Uh, John, I love steak. Okay, <laughs> okay, lots of people do love yeah. fish, but yeah. uh, love yeah. my beef too, and uh, I I enjoy cooking steak. Wow. Um, we have a little home up in the Adirondacks, and I love grilling outdoors and that sort of thing. So. I don't know, a great bone-in shell steak on the grill. Real yeah. simple, uh, maybe with a little, uh, I don't know, a little basil pesto smeared oh. on the top. And, oh, yeah. You know, some great crushed potatoes and 
great salad. There you go. And uh, and most importantly, um, you know, family and friends. And sure. you know, uh, what are you drinking? Uh, what am I drinking? <laughs> That's you know, I'd love to say Burgundy, but Burgundy's gotten so. <laughs> cuckoo crazy as we all no, know. No, no, no. You're, you're, wise, you're, you're leaving the planet. God's like checks on yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I have to tell you the Reyes you mentioned earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it would I, be I, great with the steak. Roan uh, <laughs> would definitely yeah. have a play. Yeah. There's no doubt, you know. Every now and again, we try to convince people to drink Syrah of a cab, you know, know, just so they sort of yeah. open up their eyes a yeah. little bit to yeah. the yeah. possibility. So I don't know. Maybe a great aged bottle of Rhone Valley Syrah and I love that. steak and what, yeah. are you, what are you listening Watch to, Watch the sunset. Yeah. Listening to. Uh, you know, my um, middle son, Connor, and his wife, Katie, are, uh, are big country music okay. fans. And in the last few years, they've turned me on to country music. And I have to say, I enjoy it a lot. And the other night, I, uh, I watched the Grammys. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a spectacular show. And Tracy Chapman and, and Luke Holmes oh, were this. just... Oh, my God. I love that song. Fast cars, oh, yeah, it was God, just yeah. absolutely spectacular and a fantastic voice, voices. Yeah. So, you know, sort of anything contemporary country, I'm, I'm enjoying these days. Okay, yeah. Good. As a kid, I was a hard rock and roller, of, of course, and yeah, of went course. to see yeah. the Stones and ACDC yeah. and, Hell yeah. you know, Black Sabbath and uh, all so, those guys. But, well, I want people to be able to find you and find Oceana. So yeah. give me the Instagram for Oceana. I know there's, yeah. there's if you if you hit your Instagram search, there's like 27 Oceana or Oceans. Yes, So let's is. make sure well, we get the right we're one. We're Oceana NYC. NYC. Yes. Okay. And uh, our address here is 120 West 49th Street. Oceana's between 6th and 7th Avenues. Right on. Uh, again, we're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Breakfast is Monday through Thursday, and uh, we're closed on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, come for the hospitality, man, and this great food. Can't and the oysters. And the oysters, absolutely. Yep. Hey, Paul, thanks for being on. Checking on the job. Can't thank you enough. All right, brother. Thanks, thanks, pal. Sure. Bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. You got a fast car. Is it fast enough so you can fly away? You got to make a decision. Leave tonight or live and die this way. Mm-hmm.